superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This, yeah. this is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives, too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Our number two of the program in the midst of our second to last show of the year. Having a great time with you. A ton to get to. Always, though, carve out time to get interactive. The phone number is 1-844-204-RICH. Twitter's heating up. It's getting chippy. Breaking news. Twitter can be a little bit challenging to navigate. My handle's Weber. Weber with two Bs. Standard approach. Whenever I am lucky enough to be back on the radio Never try to bludgeon you with guests. Swamp per hour. Had a good NFL conversation in the first hour of the program with Josh Alper from ProFootballTalk.com. 20 minutes. We get you set for the national semifinals in college football and the New Year's Day Bowl games. Coming up, we check in with Dan Wolken, national columnist for USA Today. 60 minutes from now, final hour of the program. Much more NFL analysis when we say hello to Lindsey Jones senior NFL writer for The Athletic. We will wrap up this hour in 40 minutes, squeezing in just a little bit of NBA. I am going to stick with a winning approach. You can't go wrong going all football all the time. Still, since I am now firmly ensconced in my middle-age doldrums, trying to be hip, I'm trying to be cool, I'm trying to hang with the kids, and we know NBA Twitter is lit. So last night... As I come to you from a Regal Studios in Southern California, I was watching the Laker game. Highly entertaining. I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm in the storytelling business. John Morant, another reminder, when he's healthy, that young guy, I hate to say kid because I sound like I'm 90 years old, that young fella is dynamic, outplayed LeBron, outscored him. More specifically, outplayed Russell Westbrook when they matched up together. So we'll talk about the future of the Lakers, because I know a lot of you, once we get beyond the NFL regular season, we have fewer teams, fewer games in the NFL, you make the transition to pro hoops, unless you just ignore it all the way until we get to the playoffs. That's why I'm only going to devote 10, 12 minutes to it. Let's talk more NFL. Although, as I think about where I will be tomorrow at this time, getting ready for New Year's Eve. I'll be in this very chair, wrapping up the 
year with gusto. And getting you fully lined up for all the games that matter coming up on Sunday in the NFL. But at this point tomorrow, we'll just be hours away from the start of the national semifinals in college football. If you've not looked at the schedule, I don't blame you. You have lives, after all. Things you got to get done before the end of the year. But because tomorrow is not only a Friday, it's New Year's Eve, we have that quirk that the college football playoff powers that be are trying to navigate your need to party, your need to get your drink on versus their need for you to watch these games to generate a rating. So if you've not looked at the schedule, this might be a mild surprise. Cotton Bowl, first of two games tomorrow, Cincinnati and Alabama kicks at 3.30 Eastern time. So now if you need my permission as the fill-in host, because when you are a guest host, On a platform like this, you have sweeping and broad powers. If you need to duck out of work early tomorrow, just hit me up on Twitter, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Include the information for your boss or supervisor, and Uncle Brian will take care of it. Now, in reality, most of us have jobs. Unless there's the assumption that, well, everybody takes off all the time around the holidays. Hey, I live in the real world. I'm working. I've been working back to last Thursday. So it just speaks to how out of touch the folks that run college football are because they're in a different tax bracket than you and I. And they have this myopic view that, ah, no problem, put the game on at 3.30 Eastern time. That means 60% of the country is in the middle of their afternoon on New Year's Eve. The rest of us beyond the Mississippi are just getting done with our mornings and we're going to change everything to watch Cincinnati and Alabama. Just nonsensical. And the other thing with these games on a Friday, let's say when Rich comes back on Monday, he always has a comprehensive program. He'll acknowledge takeaways from Cincinnati and Bama and Georgia and Michigan, especially because Rich is a Michigan man. I know there'll be a lot of Michigan conversation. But for those of us in the content creation business, on a Monday, it's all NFL all the time. So college football just can't get out of its own way. And I'm giving it too much time. i got to pay the bills. Let's get back to the NFL. We will return to the college football dialogue in about 15 minutes when we bring in Dan Walken, national columnist for USA Today. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show, 1-844-204-RICH. Twitter is lighting up. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We started the program with the most significant news generated today. Not a massive surprise, but anytime a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback acknowledges he is getting closer to the end of his career, namely the real possibility of just two games left for Ben Roethlisberger and the game coming up on Monday night against Cleveland could be the last time he wears a Steeler uniform in Pittsburgh unless they can sneak into the playoffs. Roethlisberger acknowledging as he met with the media today That game against Cleveland on Monday night, likely his last game at Heinz Field. We talked about early thoughts on legacy. Two Super Bowls changes everything. And Ben will go down as an amazingly tough, a warrior in a football sense. And I'm always very cautious to use words that have impact in the real world. We know who warriors are are brave service men and women. But if we're talking about 
our little toy department of life, you got to be a tough guy to hang in there and take all the shots that Ben took over the years. Couple Super Bowls, trying to avoid his first losing season at 7-7-1 heading into the Monday Nighter divisional game against Cleveland. He'll go down as one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. The problem is going to be, if we're talking about a fair analysis 25 years from now, he played at the same time as Tom Brady. So when I was pointing out that when you look at the collection of talent surrounding Roethlisberger and how quickly he won those two Super Bowls, I think you can make a point without being petty or looking to be a contrarian that those Steeler teams should have won at least another, maybe two more Super Bowls, although you can't ignore the competition. And everything was overwhelmed by the brilliance of the Patriot dynasty. So Ben is winding down. Aaron Rodgers, of course, when he was given the opportunity yesterday to talk about his future, could simply have said something along the lines of, guys, you know what we do. We take it one game at a time. And the game coming up is on Sunday Night Football. And he could have done a nice promo for our friends at NBC. Packers trying to lock up the top seed in the NFC, taking on a Minnesota football team at 7-8. and eight. That could be looking for a new head coach. If Mike Zimmer gets pushed out, he'll have no problems getting a job if he wants to work quickly. He's one of the most respected defensive minds in the NFL. It just took him a long time to shake the perception that some guys are better as coordinators than head coaches. I don't think it's Mike's failing that this team did not take the next step. I think a lot more of it comes down to Kirk Cousins, especially when you consider all the weapons around Tim, knowing in the season filled with injuries and COVID issues, they didn't have Dalvin Cook on Sunday. But because Rodgers always needs to demonstrate to all of us, he's the smartest guy in any room, and this is all balanced by the fact that I am a huge admirer of Aaron Rodgers, the football player. For years, when one of the many versions of the Brian Weber show that's been canceled, when I was lucky enough to have a show with my name on the marquee, I would come out and tell you he's the most skilled quarterback I've ever seen. And he's got a possibility to win a second ring. And just linking that to Roethlisberger, you give Rodgers two rings. We're talking all-time great status. Maybe... Top three, top five, however you want to go through your litany of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. But because Aaron can't let things go, of course he used his media availability yesterday to spin things forward. And he's trying to do us all a favor, folks. In addition to giving you COVID advice you didn't need necessarily to know or you didn't even know that there was going to be a possibility that Dr. Aaron Rodgers would handle your health and safety issues. Rodgers telling the media yesterday he's not going to take long after the season to decide his future. He did not close the door on the possibility of retirement. He's not retiring. He's playing some of the best football of his career, despite the fact he's got that lingering toe issue. Won the MVP last year. I think he's making a strong case to win the MVP again. It's all about where could he go to feel more supported, loved, and be in total control. 
Because right now, he basically has that on the Pat McAfee show every week when he shows up. And I'm not taking a shot at Pat, and I'm very happy for his success early in his radio career. Came on a couple shows I hosted and was a phenomenal guest. You can tell within 30 seconds, does the person want to be there? And there are a handful of occasions at the end of the conversation you think, man, that person was just outstanding. There was no doubt that McAfee was going to be great in our business if this is what he wanted to do full-time. I give me more credit when you consider he's got the side hustle of the WWE. And I'm not going to bury this opportunity talking professional wrestling. You listen to my podcast, Inside the Squared Circle with B-Webb. Wherever you get your podcast, I was a major wrestling fan in 1983. Then I went to senior high school. But he's got another gig on the side in which he shows up, has Vince McMahon yelling in his ear, and he's terrific as an analyst for the WWE. But I think Rogers has gotten so comfortable going on that show where he's not challenged because it's a safe space that he is treating every press conference as the, hey, I'm Aaron, it's open mic night, I'm going to riff here. I have no idea why he even acknowledged his future, especially when all of these players are so ingrained in football 101. Talk about the opponent coming up. You can do the aw shucks, guys. You know I can't talk about the future. I don't know if I'm even going to play beyond this Sunday. I could get hurt. There's all of the more straightforward ways of diffusing things. But Aaron can't resist the opportunity to let us all know he's playing 12-dimensional chess and he's going to give us the gift. When we get to the offseason, he's going to at least quickly decide his future. So where is he going? We heard the speculation of Pittsburgh even prior to the almost official confirmation from Roethlisberger it's over because Rodgers threw out in passing earlier this year that Mike Tomlin seems like a cool dude to play for. Well, Rodgers certainly has demonstrated he can handle chilly conditions, so no issues going to the AFC North and grinding it out on the road in Cleveland and Baltimore and Cincinnati in December, plus those home games at Heinz Field. Denver has been thrown out there. Speculation he'll want to get closer to the West Coast, where he's from and where his fiance resides. We're all guessing at this point. You could name any team that has a chance to win and and come up with a logical connection to Aaron Rodgers. That's why I'm throwing Miami out there. We know Miami has been open to making a change at the quarterback position. There's a reason why their owner, Stephen Ross, reached out directly to Deshaun Watson to get more clarity on his interpretation of events. And Tua, while he was amazingly productive in college and we had all of the hype that he's going to be better than Steve Young left-handed and more mobile he's proving to be just a guy when healthy and you put Rodgers on that team upgrade the skill position and think about that defense that was bludgeoning poor Ian Book on Monday night a lot of that was the offensive line issues and Book was just overwhelmed, but Miami has a solid defense and a very respected defensive-minded head coach in Brian Flores. I think Rodgers in Miami makes a lot of sense. But what about what could happen in this offseason with Rodgers and Russell Wilson both potentially being in play? And would they be competing for the attention of the same franchises? Because we had that report coming out uh, about three weeks ago that the list had been refined for Russell Wilson as to 
potential destinations down to three teams. Saints, certainly intriguing. Is Sean Payton going to hang around for the rebuild? Or would Payton and Russell Wilson conjure up some of the magic that we saw between Payton and Drew Brees with all of the offensive record-setting games they combined for? I don't understand why Russell Wilson would be interested in the New York football giants other than taking over the number one market. And Russ and Ciara being as big potentially as Beyonce and Jay-Z, that would be a business decision. And then Denver's out there because if you look at the Denver roster, the biggest issue remains a quarterback. You plug in Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, everything changes. So the amazing thing about the NFL is – we have all of these compelling matchups coming up. It's week 17. There's another game to get to all the postseason. But because the transaction is as intriguing as the action, here we are trying to figure out what rosters are going to look like in the fall and where two future Hall of Famers are going. And Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, in addition to the twilight of the career of Ben Roethlisberger. I have thoughts on Baker Mayfield. In this Bula base on a big word Thursday. In the same quarterbacking mix, I'll save that for the final hour of the program because I want to keep things rolling along in a timely fashion. Plus, we have another guest to get to. So hang with us. If you want to chime in, it's one 204 rich Hit me up on Twitter. That's B.W. Weber. Weber with two B. Straight ahead, we'll make the move to college football with the national semifinals coming up tomorrow. Well, Cincinnati even be able to keep it close against mighty Alabama. Looking forward to our conversation with Dan Walken, national columnist for USA Today. I'm Brian Weber having a great time with you in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show. one 204 rich is the number to call. Conversation never stops on Twitter. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. And you can take us wherever you go by listening to the program on the Odyssey app. Let's get you set for the national semifinals, other bowls of notes. As we talk college football with Dan Wolken, national columnist for USA Today, and one of the few people nationally 
who is willing to tweet about tennis and has strong opinions. Dan, I appreciate you taking the time. I want to get to Novak Djokovic at the end of the conversation because I've worked the Tennis Channel for 18 years now. So if I have an opportunity to talk a little tennis, I'm going to seize that chance, okay? Let's do it. All right, we'll get there, but let's try to pay the bills and talk about what's been happening in college football. So, big picture, how do you view how things have played out so far throughout the bowl season with the five cancellations? If we just go back to the Holiday Bowl, I'm still puzzled by what NC State head coach Dave Doran's been saying, starting with the notion that he felt lied to by UCLA. Yeah, look, I know it's really frustrating to have a team out in California. You've taken them across three time zones. You've spent a week getting ready for the game, and it looks like you're going to play, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, you get blindsided with this information. and it, it's, it stinks. You know, it stinks for everybody. But this is what all sports are going through right now. Look at the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, college basketball, for goodness sakes, just – this this uh, Omicron situation is it's just kind of pre- crept up on us, but it, it packs a huge punch in terms of how quickly it's moving through some of these teams. So you know UCLA just as an example, they were at least if you take them at their word, they were good to go, thought they were going to be fine with their numbers, and then the next day a bunch of guys test positive and and they have to back out of the game because they don't have enough defensive linemen to play, and and that's just how it is right now you know college football made it through the regular season without any issues uh for covid uh, there was one team cal had a game postponed everyone was hoping and thought that the worst was was behind us but just bad timing for college football to have this this wave creep up right now and um so i i don't think it's that surprising that the teams have outbreaks and the games get canceled and and you just hope that it doesn't affect any of the four playoff teams Talking college football, Dan Wilkin from USA Today. Well, that's the perfect thought that I was going to bring up connecting things to COVID because when the parameters came out about the COVID protocols for the college football playoff, they were really rigid. Were you surprised at all that there was so little leeway, including that dire option of a team forfeiting a national semifinal or even the national title game? Logistically, it's just hard to move these things. Uh, You're talking about football stadiums that – other people play in it's just i think the college football playoff looks at this and says we've got to get this done on these days and you know if the situation with any of these teams is so bad that they actually just can't play moving the game by two or three days is unlikely to solve the problem and i think that's the thinking behind why they they came out with policies that basically say you know if a team can't 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 play then they forfeit. Uh, but I, I think at this point we're far enough along here where all four playoff teams are going to have enough players to, to compete. I don't think that's going to be an issue. But could there be some individuals uh, that miss the game because they test positive? It, I, I think you have to sort of consider that. And, in fact, there's there's one very important player from Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, Daxton Hill, who – you know, Michigan would not say this officially, but they, they all but said it, reading between the lines. He's back, been back in Ann Arbor, um, you know, dealing with this. And if he tests negative, uh, he'll play tomorrow. He'll get him down to Florida and he'll play. But, you know, not a lot of time for that. So if he doesn't play, that's a huge hit to Michigan's hopes. And 
most of these teams like Alabama, 90% vaccinated, uh, 90% boosted, I'm sorry, almost 100% vaccinated. So, you know, I think they're breathing a little easier than, than teams that maybe have some guys who, who weren't vaccinated. But uh, I think um, uh, we're going to have the games, no, no question about that. And, you know, I just hope that none of the key guys are missing because that would really impact the quality of, of or impact the outcome, and you just never want to see that. Dan, welcome to USA Today as our guest. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Before we get to the national semifinals, because I know how closely you follow all of college football, I want to hit on a couple other games. How about the Sugar Bowl? It's Baylor and Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's redemption tour delivering a 10-win season. So how much longer do you think Ole Miss is going to be able to keep Lane? <laughs> well, they, they gave him a nice contract. Um, and certainly this year there there could have been some interest. There was some talk that maybe – he could have been a candidate for, you know, for Miami or for LSU or Oregon, but um, staying at Ole Miss, it seems like, and you know, I think it's it's probably the right move for him. Uh, they, they've had an excellent year this year. I, I I'm a little concerned about the recruiting. Uh, you know, he's doing okay in recruiting there, but not not necessarily, you know, just just knocking it out of the park at this point. Uh, and and they're going to lose their quarterback, Matt Corral, who, who had an unbelievable year. So you know, they may take a step back a little bit. But you know, once you get to the SEC and you're making $7.5 million a year, there's there's not a ton of places you, you're going to go to to better your situation. It would have to be a truly elite job. And, you know, there's still some places that I think are wary of the Kiffin routine and, um, you know, just kind of how active he is on social media. But the truth is just looking at his career big picture, I think he's done a lot of good for his reputation by how he's handled everything at Ole Miss. I'm based in Southern California. A lot of red in town for the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, and Utah. Dan, you're plugged in. How much stock do you put into the rumblings that the Rose Bowl could be Kyle Whittingham's last game as Utah's head coach? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, this is a – this is a, a – I don't even know what to call it, a rumor, a narrative – something that, that's been out there for a while. Um, and, and, you know, best I can tell, there's not been any, you know, sort of substance or validity to it. As far as I know, it, it's not something that he's uh, addressed at all. You'd think if it was, he, he would have, you know, announced that, that he, he was going to retire or take time off or whatever and go out this way. But um, so I, I, I don't know how much stock to put into it. I, I you know, that, that, Rumor's been out there, but as far as I can tell, there's not, just not been any any substance attached to it. Yeah, and not much to talk about here in L.A. either. So you're right. It's been out there sort of percolating for about a week, but no real follow-up. Okay, let's get to the games that matter tomorrow. We'll start with Cincinnati and Alabama. Bearcats making history for the group of five. Vegas, though, has them as a massive underdog. Do you think Cincinnati has the wherewithal to make this game even competitive? Are they going to need Alabama to commit three or four turnovers to make the game close? Well, you, you look at Alabama all season long. I mean, they played probably five or six games out of their 13 where you, you looked at them and thought they were pretty ordinary, pretty gettable. Um, they you know, struggled with Florida, struggled with LSU, uh, couldn't really put away Arkansas. So, you know, you take that and, and look at a team like Cincinnati and, and how good they've been defensively, and maybe you, you think they do have a shot to, to keep it competitive. Uh, Cincinnati's got NFL players, you know, certainly a great quarterback and you know, a couple awesome cornerbacks that, that can lock down your top receiver. So 
Um, I think from a matchup standpoint, they're not necessarily going to be just overwhelmed physically. Uh, we saw how they matched up last year against Georgia in, in the Peach Bowl, and they had the lead going into the fourth quarter of that game. So I, I think they'll acquit themselves well, but at the same time, the track record for Nick Saban in Alabama in these semifinal games is, is so good because he gets time to prepare for a specific opponent. They get time to heal the bumps and bruises and, and the injuries that maybe slowed a few guys down toward the end of the season. Um, you know, I just think that setup really favors the, the more talented team. Uh, there's just not as much opportunity for the underdog to, to take advantage of, of some type of weakness. So it's hard to pick against Alabama for me, uh, hoping for a competitive game, but not expecting it. Again, you set for the Final Four in college football with Dan Woken, national columnist for USA Today. Dan, I know you're based in Atlanta, heart of SEC country, and I'm sure you interact with a lot of Georgia fans. Is there mm-hmm. still a segment of that fan base that thinks that JT Daniels should be playing tomorrow? It feels like Stetson Bennett is always forced to have something to prove. Well, I can definitely say that Georgia fans are, are very antsy and have been suffering from a lot of uh, – uh, angst ever since the, the SEC championship game where the whole narrative of the season got turned on its head. You know, Georgia looked kind of inevitable, ready for a coronation, could drive the stake through Alabama's heart in that game, and, and it just totally flipped on them. And, and they got beat pretty badly in, in that game. And, and so a lot of Georgia fans are down on on, on the defense. They're down on, on Stetson Bennett. And, and I get it. Like, Stetson, look, we talked about this on my podcast. I think I wrote a column about it after the cocktail party game against Florida. Like if there was a point where Kirby smart was going to pivot back to JT Daniels, who, who certainly has more upside and more, you know, quote unquote talent than Stetson Bennett, it would have been then you get to a certain point in the season. You're not, you know, you're not changing horses and certainly Kirby smart wasn't going to do that. Um, now the question is just, if you get into the type of game where you've got to go up and down the field and, and match scores with a team, can Stetson Bennett deliver that for you as a, as a quarterback? I'm not sure he can. But, you know, I think George's formula all season has been just have him be good enough that he's not going to lose you the game, don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, he can certainly run the ball a little bit, get out of trouble, keep plays alive. Uh, and, he, and he's not bad. You know, he's not terrible. Um, so is that – the way you win national championships in an era where it's mostly been elite quarterbacks, I don't know, but um, it's going to be interesting to see them go up against Michigan for sure. Finally, one tennis-related question, because I know from your Twitter feed you're a huge fan of the sport, and Mm -hmm. I can only do one, or they'll have another guy filling in tomorrow. But even casual fans know the name of Novak Djokovic, so we know Djokovic is not going to play at the ATP Cup. That starts Tomorrow, we have tennis on New Year's Eve here in the States. Do you think he shows up and plays the Australian Open? I mean, my theory on this for the last few months has been that, that Novak is, is vaccinated and he's going to go. Um, that could be wrong. I wasn't basing that on any information. I just It's hard for me to wrap my mind around somebody at, at his you know level, stage of career, age, not taking the opportunity to get that 21st Grand Slam at a place where he's always the heavy favorite, loves that, that venue, plays so well down there every single year. Um, but the longer this goes on, like 
it's just mystifying to me why he's trying to keep up the suspense. I don't, I don't really see why that benefits him. And at this point now, I, I guess like the, the conventional wisdom is that he's not vaccinated mm-hmm. and he's seeking some type of exemption to play, which if that's the case and he goes down there on an exemption, he is going to hear it from the Australian people in a negative way. Like he's never heard hostility in a tennis arena before. Um, I don't think the Australians are going to like that one bit. So um, I don't know what's going on, but I don't really see what, what benefit it is to him to keep up this, this mystery at this point. Well, he works in enigmatic ways, and I think there's a part of Novak that enjoys the speculation as well. We're going to find out because the calendar is going to tell the, the tale coming up. Dan, enjoy your work, and I'm really glad we had an opportunity to chat today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Enjoy the games tomorrow, and Happy New Year. You got it. Thanks. Happy New Year. Dan Walken, uh, national columnist for USA Today. I did the impossible. We talked tennis for 90 seconds. Let's remove that from the podcast so the executives don't know that I ventured down that road. You could know nothing about tennis and know the name Novak Djokovic, right? Guys won 20 majors. And if we just linked it to what's going on in the States with NBA conversation coming up, And back to the NFL to start the final hour of the program. All NFL in hour number three. We'll kick it off when we check in with Lindsey Jones, senior football writer for The Athletic. Think about all of the talking head shows that have devoted countless hours to Kyrie Irving, who finally addressed the media yesterday. Well, there's a similar outlook for the best tennis player in the world, has a chance to set a new record with the most major championships, but we don't know if he's vaccinated. And Australia has had the strictest COVID protocols in the world. They locked down the continent. I have friends in Australia who were stuck here in the United States. They couldn't go home. And you're going to let a tennis player have a different degree of evaluation and standards This story is going to get bigger and bigger, so just wanted to throw out a nugget there, doing my best to prove my value as the fill-in host. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich Eisen. We're going to focus on the NBA briefly, but football will dominate the rest of the program and all three hours tomorrow. You can't go wrong talking LeBron. So up next, Lakers lost again last night, blowing a lead on the road in Memphis. Does this team have much more to figure out beyond getting healthy. What's going to change when Anthony Davis comes back from his latest injury? That is straight ahead. I'm Brian Weber having a great time on this Thursday edition of the program. In for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast. 
part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Brian Weber back with you, having a great time in for the great Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show, 1-844-204-RICH. Twitter has a lot to offer. Let's keep it positive, folks, right? We'll go Ted Lasso, but whatever your mindset is to wrap up the year, you can share your thoughts with me on social media. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, getting ready for the final hour of the program, which will be all NFL. We'll get things underway at the top of the hour to start hour number three when we check in with Lindsey Jones, senior NFL writer for The Athletic. We'll get back to the quarterback conversation we've been having throughout the program. Earlier today in Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger acknowledging the likelihood that the Monday night game against Cleveland would be, could be, will be, unless the Steelers can get into the postseason, his last home game playing for the Steelers. Talk about... Ben's legacy, is he really done? What's going on with Aaron Rodgers talking about his future? How about Russell Wilson? And what are the Browns going to do with Baker Mayfield? Not right now, although what he can do or fail to do with the last two games of the regular season could have impact heading into next season, but we know contractually the Browns have already picked up his rookie option. So he's got another year left on the deal. But starting to get some firmer takeaways about the future of Baker Mayfield. That's coming up in the final hour of the program. Mention my Twitter handle. And we know Twitter is not real life. But because I'm fortunate to play a variety of roles in sports media, unless you're Rich Eisen, if you're in the middle class like many of us are, you need six or seven jobs to pay the bills. Plus, the way my mind works I like the stimulation of doing different things. So I mentioned with Dan Wolken that I've been lucky to work for Tennis Channel on and off for 18 years, mostly because as a kid growing up in the suburbs of New York City, every summer, my dad would take me to the U.S. Open, dating back to 1977. So I don't have any grand insight as a former player. I'm not going to tell you how to align your serve, but I know tennis history and I appreciate the sport and I feel very lucky to be involved as a tennis broadcaster. But wherever I go, whether I'm doing radio or college play-by-play for Pac-12 Network or the tennis work, typically, as I get older, the staff gets younger. And when you work with younger people, it is a source of energy and it gives you perspective as to, yeah, how damn old you are and how they see the world. And it's amazing to me, working with folks 22 to 35, how much they are invested in the NBA. And look, if I'm going to be totally upfront with you, I love basketball as much as I love football. I got extremely lucky. My first job out of college was to stay connected to the college basketball program that I called games for as a student broadcaster. A couple years later in the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm hosting the Mike Montgomery TV show. So college basketball meant everything to me in my 20s. At the same time, I was able to parlay that into a small role with the Golden State Warriors as their sideline reporter for their TV broadcast. So I've been around basketball more intimately than football probably, but football pays the bills and football is king and we play the hits. But it's amazing to me with the growth of social media, the connection, a couple generations of sports fans 
feels to NBA stars. Because NBA luminaries, on a big word Thursday, are rock stars. And they let their fans in on Twitter, on the gram. They're talking about what they're doing on the road. It's about fashion. It's about shoes. It's about bling bling. So I get why NBA Twitter and the notion that a younger demographic feels like basketball speaks to them in a way that football doesn't. At the same time, if I read you the NBA ratings from Christmas, that's not fair. They went head-to-head with two NFL games. They got destroyed. And Christmas Day used to belong to the NBA. Well, the NFL has many skills, but their greatest ability is to monetize everything. That's why the regular season's a week older. That's why we have additional playoff teams. That's why 32 is the ideal number for balance across the divisions. Well, you know expansion's coming. Why? More money for the current owners and global domination. Going to Europe, they'll play on Venus if they can make a buck. But because I'm trying to hang on to whatever embers of my youth may exist, and I hang out with young producers, I follow the NBA probably more closely than I should. I don't have to for business reasons. But last night, just turning on the the broadcast, and I'm here in Southern California, but you probably could have gotten a glimpse on NBA TV or at least live look-ins. I was fascinated to see how the Lakers would match up with a young athletic team in Memphis, understanding there were bowl games I could have watched, but Oklahoma-Oregon didn't do anything for me. And I work for Pac-12 Networks. Shh, don't tell my bosses. But Oregon's going through the interim coach situation, and they look loose and they look out of sync. If I can watch LeBron fully healthy against John Morant, I'm watching. So that's what I watched last night. And I'm not going to overreact to anything that happens in the middle of the week, in the middle of the regular season in the NBA. But if you're not paying attention, and I understand if you don't, I think there's a segment of fans that parachute in on Christmas Day, probably not this year because you're watching the NFL, as the ratings affirm what we knew to be true. The NFL crushed the NBA. Then there's another big chunk of you that pay no attention until we get to the postseason, that's understandable because they play 40 games in 40 nights. So if you are easing into the NBA, I get it. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life or what to watch. But if you've not been tracking what's going on and you figure, okay, well, I'm aware that Russell Westbrook now is a member of the Lakers. I know that Anthony Davis is hurt, but shouldn't Russ and LeBron be able to win more games? Not that easy. Because it's a terribly constructed roster. And if you haven't looked, the Lakers still have a losing record, two under 500. John Morant was the truth again last night. He is just electrifying. Went off for 41. LeBron did everything he could, 37 and 13 in the loss. Wasn't on LeBron. It was really the contrast between a young, dynamic, athletic John Morant and Russell Westbrook, who has never focused on defense, but at times... Looked like even if he wanted to play D, there was nothing he could do. It was just a a different caliber of athletes at times matched up against each other. And it really reflects the bigger issues. The Lakers are not going to be overcoming anytime soon unless they find somebody that they can 
trade Russell Westbrook to? And the question would be, who wants him? Who's going to take on that contract? There's a reason now that Russ is becoming a journeyman, bouncing around the league. Do you ever think he'd play in Washington after he was doing his impersonation of Oscar Robertson coming up with the triple-double average for the entire year, although a lot of people thought that was selfish. The problem for Westbrook on the Lakers comes down to things that have been major components of his career since he left UCLA. He can't shoot threes. The entire NBA is three-centric, and he's too ball-dominant because when it's going through Russ, you ain't getting it back. I don't have to be an NBA nerd and read your usage rate. It just doesn't work. So when I was on the radio this summer and Westbrook was picked up by the Lakers, I was trying to construct a reasonable understanding as to how it could fit. And I thought, okay, maybe you convince him to come off the bench or he's playing as an insurance policy when LeBron gets hurt. But when they're on the floor together, it's not coalescing. And it's not going to get better if Anthony Davis comes back fully healthy because you can't rely on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. You are what you consistently do. Unfortunately for Anthony Davis, he just gets hurt way too much. And I'm not rooting for that outcome. I was lucky to see him in that Final Four for Kentucky in New Orleans in 2012. And you got the sense this guy could change things in the NBA. Given his length and his handle, remember, he was a guard in high school and then grew the additional issue uh, inches before going to play for John Calipari in Kentucky. And the other problem for the Lakers is this is not fantasy basketball. If you're just looking at the roster, yes, there are five or six future Hall of Famers. However, you view Dwight Howard, remember, just about everybody gets into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Dwight Howard is going to be a Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. But none of that's going to matter this year because the Lakers can't make threes and they can't guard anybody in critical situations, and they play in the West. So let's say they sneak into the playoffs, seven or eight seed. That means you're either playing the Suns or the Warriors based on the phenomenal starts for both teams, and the Warriors are about to get Klay Thompson finally back. Yes, there will have to be a transition because Klay hasn't played for the better part of two years. But just think about the Lakers fully healthy. I'll concede you Anthony Davis at 100%. Matched up against the Suns or the Warriors in the first round. How's that going to work out? And then moving forward, what does LeBron James, the GM, do? Or what does he tell Rob Polinka to do in the offseason? Do they go get more of his buddies? Because that's been how the roster has been put together. It's guys that LeBron wants to play with. And yes, it worked in the bubble. That championship changes everything. And LeBron is more focused on his business pursuits, being a super producer in Southern California, than winning a game on a Wednesday night in December. But absent something that we aren't foreseeing another blockbuster trade. You're going to put Ben Simmons on the Lakers? How's that going to change everything? We haven't talked about Damian Lillard forcing his way out of Portland in a while, but it just feels like I'm not bearing LeBron. He can play as long as he wants to, but the end of careers 
get messy. And if you're just tracking the Lakers, there is no switch. They're not going to flip anything on. Nothing is magically going to be transformed come playoff time. If they play Phoenix or Golden State, one and done, knocked out in the opening round. Final hour of the program on the way. We will tip things off when we chat with Lindsey Jones talking much more football. She's a senior NFL writer for The Athletic. You can hit me up on Twitter. I check out the Twitter feed during the breaks. That is B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us on The Rich Eisen Show.